G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Uh, we've been talking with Daniel Kalender, who's the successor to the evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. He's with his good friend, evangelist Todd White, who is joining us now for the remainder of this hour. Hello, Todd. Welcome to 2020. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you, Todd. Uh, you've been working alongside Daniel for some time now. Yeah, it's been amazing. And uh, you're a part of the event that's on tonight and tomorrow. Uh, what's your role? You're one of the keynote speakers. Yes, sir. Um, well, my heart, my heart cry is to establish a normal lifestyle of Christianity um, that we can every day walk and hear the voice of God everywhere we go no matter whether we're at work, whether we're shopping, whether we're in school, no matter where we are, we have the opportunity to manifest Jesus everywhere we go. And the only one that limits us is us, because God has pulled the limits off. Is it fair enough to say, Todd, that uh, you live and breathe the gospel, and and uh, every day you have events where you're leading people in encounters with Christ and uh, you're actually praying for people and you're seeing all sorts of miraculous things happen. Uh, this is, when you talk about a 24-7 relationship, a 24-7 uh, way to activate a kingdom lifestyle, this is what you're living. That's right. I believe that when I read my Bible, I believe that everybody's called to the same thing. Everybody's called to be able to live Jesus. Everybody's called to Christ in us, the hope of glory. The only thing that would stop us is us not being born again. But once we've been born again and we've given our life to Jesus, he fills us with his spirit. He covers us with the same spirit that raised him from the dead. And when he does that, it's Christ in us, Christ upon us. It's the hope of glory. And all the world is groaning for the sons of God to manifest what they've been created to. And so everybody's opportunity is the same. We all have an equal opportunity to manifest Jesus, and the only thing, it, it lies on our part, and how much are we willing to go after God? What are we hungering for? Are we hungering for the world? Are we hungering for the TV? Are we hungering for just another thing? Are we hungering for Him? And my hunger is geared towards knowing Him more every day so that I can represent Him to a lost and dying world. Todd, tell me something of your own story. You were uh, a drug addict. Uh, you were an atheist for 22 yeah. years. Uh, what is your story? Well, I, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't have family that was going after Jesus. Um, I, I grew up, and my mom and dad got divorced when I was 11, uh, around 11 and a half, and I, was, I just rebelled because I was pretty angry. I went, and my mom and dad thought it was best that I would go away to like a, a home, a boys' home, like a boarding school. So I went away, and I started to use drugs a couple of months later. And before the age of 12, I was full-on hooked on drugs, didn't have anybody really there to guide me as far as Christ would go. I didn't really know anything about God. And so I grew up in that boys' home for about five and a half years. I ended up getting kicked out of there. I went and joined the military there soon after to try to straighten out my life. So I joined the Marine Corps, went into boot camp and 
did pretty well in there. And then when I got out of boot camp, I went home and I started to drink on leave. And I came back and started to party a little bit more. And before you know it, I realized that I'd made a mistake and I didn't want to be in the Marines. So I went away and I ran away from the military. I went out to out west in America, got ended up getting caught, getting put in jail, and getting brought back in shackles and chains across America, went to the brig and military prison, was there for about eight months. I went and got out of there, was waiting for my discharge because I wanted to get out. I tried to plead that I was crazy, do whatever I could to get out, and they wouldn't let me out, so I ran away again. Then I ended up getting arrested in a traffic violation. I got shipped back across America again. They put me in military prison. I was in there for about six and a half or seven months around there. And then I, they let me out. And then they didn't let me back on base. They kicked me out and gave me a bad conduct discharge. I came out and tried to get jobs, and I had that on my record. And I had started my life out with about $14,000 American dollars in court costs and fines and restitution to pay back. And so I didn't start life out very well, very you know, young age. I ended up meeting a girl on a blind date. Ended up moving in together, having a daughter about a year and a half into our life. And my drug addiction surfaced and became really bad. And I realized when my daughter was born that I could never be a father because I didn't know who my father was. I mean, my natural dad, I knew, but it wasn't the relationship of what a father and son should have. And so I went and for nine years, my girlfriend stayed with me. I had a seven and a half year old daughter. Our daughter was seven and a half, destroyed her life. And and all she knew was her daddy was a liar and a thief and a drug addict. Wasn't able to be there for the family at any time, you know, where I needed to be. And those nine years, I had about 30 jobs. I quit or got fired from each one. Um, I went out one night, came home. My girlfriend was gone. And I went to her stepdad's house to get a rifle. I was going to end my life. And on the way there, I, I passed by like a notepad and a phone book. I was going to write my suicide letter. And I, I made a. I opened the phone book by chance, and it opened to churches. So I made a check at one of these churches. I drove to this church, and I met somebody that knew Jesus. I went and told him all my junk and all my stuff. And I, I actually, at that time, I, I said, you know, anything's better than the life I was living. I said, you know, God, if, if you're real, I'll live for you. But I, I didn't submit. I didn't surrender. I incorporated and when you incorporate Jesus into your life instead of surrender your life to Jesus, you're bringing God in on your terms. And on your terms, you can't live for God. And and so I brought him in on my terms, didn't read the word, didn't do anything as far as to further myself and renew my mind so that I can understand what I've given myself to. And so for the next five and a half months, I, I was a hypocrite and uh, claimed one thing and did another, got high and, and partied and drank and claimed the name of Jesus at the same time. And my girlfriend, who was looking at me like I was the biggest hypocrite on the earth, because she was not a Christian, she was an atheist. I was a Christian, I call it Jesus Incorporated. I was a Jesus Incorporated Christian with a confession, but no life of Christ in my life. And it was just something that I said, but I didn't do. And, and so for five and a half months, I kind of ruined everything. And then one night, five and a half months later, I went and picked up a drug dealer. One night, I ran out of drugs and told him I was a cop. I was still hooked on cocaine and all the bad stuff. I went and picked this kid up, told him I was the police, told him he had the red of his rights, told him to get out of the car, put his hands on the hood. And when he did, I hit the accelerator to get away. 
and from about three meters away, he unloaded a nine millimeter at me, and I heard a voice speak to me, and the voice said, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? And I, the, the, it echoed inside of my vehicle as well as the gun blast, but that voice drowned out the sound of the gun blast, and the ringing in my ears was replaced by the voice of truth. So I went and I did a, a quarter ounce of cocaine that night, couldn't get high. I came home. My girlfriend kicked me out, said, get out of my life. I ended up leaving. Three days later, I went to a place called Teen Challenge, a rehab started by David Wilkerson. I went to the rehab. I was there for two months. I had three nights where I actually had dreams where I encountered Jesus. But I had fully surrendered and fully submitted to God. I left the program 10 months early. And when I got home, I got home to tell my daughter how sorry I was. And when I got there, I found that my girlfriend had given her life to Jesus. And we got married four days later. And we've been married now for 10 years. Our oldest daughter is 17, our middle daughter is 8, and our youngest daughter is 3. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020. It's Neil with you on 2020. Evangelist Todd White with us. We've been hearing Todd's incredible story of uh, a, I guess you'd call it a downward spiral into worldliness, Todd, uh, that led you to a point where a gunshot was fired into a car and instead of hearing the sound of the gunshot, you heard the voice of God. Uh, let, let's get back onto the track of your story, and we'll need to be fairly brief, but, uh, but tell me about how you got your life on track, surrendered to Christ, and have moved into a, a servant of God 24-7. Yeah, well, I, I used to think that you could try to get your life on track, and, and what, I, what I didn't... See, I thought that when I incorporated Jesus into my life that it was going to get my life on track, but that never does. It's, it's the full surrender. It's the full surrender saying, you know what, God, I, I'm going to actually give you my everything. And the first thing that God says about giving you or giving, when you give him your everything is that you're giving up your right to be right. You're giving up your right to think along the way that seems right to a man. And you're saying, okay, your ways are higher than my ways. And, and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So I need to replace my ways with your ways, my thoughts with your thoughts. And the first thing that has to happen is that you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You have to not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in my life, at 34 years of age, I've never read a book before, so I couldn't read. I had problems reading. So the Bible, if you've never read a book before, the Bible is confusing. As a matter of fact, the Bible is even more confusing if, you are, if you're an avid book reader, because when you read the Bible, it's never to be discerned with the brain. It's to be discerned with the heart, because your heart can take you places that your brain can't. And so in my life, I totally surrendered to God at Teen Challenge. I gave my life to Him, and I found that God wanted to teach me. So the Bible is actually the first book that I can understand. Because God illuminates the Word, and He speaks to my heart. So my, my, my love for God is that I would seek what He told me to seek. So I'm seeking first, Matthew 6.33, is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So I need to understand what kingdom means. And the kingdom of God, Romans 14.17 says, The kingdom of God is neither meat nor drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. So when I come to God, outside of relationship with the Holy Spirit, I will only incorporate God into my life. But inside of relationship with God is the Holy Spirit. He is the kingdom. 
So the kingdom of God is in him. So I need to understand what that means. Righteousness is my right standing with God. And coming out of the past that I came out of, the first thing that the enemy wants to do is he wants to drudge up and drag up all the things in your life that you regret that you ever did, all the things that you wish you'd never done, all the things that were done to you, all that junk that goes along with addiction and all that. So the blood of Jesus, it actually says in Hebrews 9, that he cleanses the conscience from dead works in order for me to serve God. So when I came out of Teen Challenge, I had all these different things in my mind of what was the way that was right to a man. The, the way that's right to a man leads to destruction, but great is, is God's way and his truth. In Proverbs, it talks about the mind. It says, trust in the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. So I need to trust in God. So the first thing I did was I submitted, I surrendered, and I said, God, my mind is whacked. It is twisted. It's demonically, just demonically, it's, it's, it's strategically set up against God because the carnal mind is at war against God. So I dove into the scriptures. And honestly, the only set of scriptures that I could understand was Ephesians 1. And it said to, to, that I was supposed to, that God wanted to open the eyes of my heart, that he wanted to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So I actually lived in Ephesians 1 for about the first year of my life. And I, de I devoted myself to reading the Bible. I've read it thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I'm talking about Ephesians 1. Even just in there, there's so much in there. So God started to illuminate and open up my eyes to spiritual matters. And the spiritual matters are the ones that really matter because that actually starts to transform your mind so that you can think differently. Todd, but, let me just yeah. cut in here. The organization that you are a part of is called Lifestyle Christianity. What you're describing is that complete surrender and the transformation from a half-hearted, half-baked Christian to someone who is just on fire for Christ. Uh, what, is, what is Lifestyle Christianity? How does that fit in with your ministry? So I started a ministry called Lifestyle Christianity, and if you if people go to www.lifestylechristianity.com and go up into the media section, you go to media and then you punch up the YouTube videos, and what will happen, the YouTube channel will come on, and I have right now about 40-some teachings on identity, on who we are in Christ, because the more we saturate ourselves with who God calls us to be, the more you just become a supernatural you just become the outflow of God everywhere you go. Um, I'd like to I'd like to actually share a testimony, if that would be okay with you. Uh, we're yeah. running short of time, but yeah, sure. How, how many minutes? Like four uh, minutes? We've got about just less than four minutes. Yep. What's, okay. Just quickly, uh, because I want to be able to talk about the event tonight as well. Okay. Um, I, I just want to I just want to share briefly. I was on the beach the other day, and I was actually sharing with a young man, and the young man, and this is a, a demonstration of what this looks like in a life. Um, he came, uh, we heard him playing some music, and it was Christian music. I came up to him, and I said, man, I said, dude, I, I love that guy. He, he was playing a, a Christian rapper named Andy Minio. And I'm like, yeah, man, I said, he, I know that guy. He's really sold out for Christ. He goes, no way you know him. And I said, yeah. And I said, dude, I said, and he had a tent on the beach, and he had a family of about, it looked like about eight or nine people that were out in the water, and they were just sitting there playing with kids and stuff. And I said, man, I said, your family Christians? He goes, no, man, I'm the only one. And I said, no, no way, man. I said, did you live your life out loud for God? You let them see your life in Christ, and they'll all come to God. He goes, man, I've been praying for them, man, but you don't know what kind of family I come from. I said, no way. I said, dude, God will touch your family. So I'm sitting there, and I have other people. We're doing a baptism up on the beach with the, fam with the people down the way. 
So I, I, I go up and I, his aunt and his mom and his sisters, they're coming up and his cousins are coming up. And I hear a word for his aunt. And God says to me that she has two herniated discs in her back and she has sciatic nerve pain down her right leg. So I just shared with her, I said, hey, do you have problems with your discs in your back? And she said, yeah. And I said, do you have sciatic nerve pain in your leg? She goes, yeah. I said, you know, I said, I heard that in my heart. God spoke to me about your back. She goes, what do you mean God spoke to you? So this kid who just asked me, told me he was praying for his family, he's now there. The aunt sits down. We pray. God gives her two brand new discs in her back, heals her sciatic nerve pain. She starts crying. God starts showing me the last year of her life and how many people have turned their back on her. And she feels like she's alone in the world and she doesn't want to be around anymore. The only reason she's living is because of her kids. Where her kids are there, this lady is crying and bawling. And his mother is standing right beside, which is her sister, the kid's mom. She's looking at the, the lady. She's crying because she doesn't tell anybody any of this stuff. But she just had told her all this stuff and her thoughts before she sat, before they came up to the beach. Todd, so looked, Todd, we're going to have to uh, uh, just uh, we'll tie that up just quickly. Your ministry is very much on the street. You're pla- praying for people and preaching the gospel on the street. That's part of what you do, isn't it? Well, it's it's teaching people that it's an everyday lifestyle. Whether you're on the whether you're on the street, whether you're in a mall, whether you're in a doctor's office, wherever you go, you can manifest Jesus. And we teach people how to manifest Jesus on their job, in their workplace, in their schools. No matter where you are, you can you can share the gospel, and God will move and flow for you on a constant basis. Well, Todd, you'll be sharing the platform with evangelist Daniel Kalenda. Uh, It's called Fire Under the Stars, Fire 2014. And uh, for listeners around Australia, you might like to be praying for the event. Uh, But uh, for those who are in northern New South Wales and southeast Queensland, your opportunity to get to the event. It's on at the Carrara Stadium. It'll be on tonight from 6. It's on all day tomorrow, tomorrow night as well. Todd White, evangelist, is one of the speakers. Also, evangelist Daniel Kalender, uh, who is one of the speakers. He's the successor to evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. And uh, certainly wish you uh, all God's richest blessing on the way that you make that presentation there tonight. And, uh, and Todd, all the best for this time that you're staying here in Australia. Well, thank you so much. It's so wonderful talking to you today. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.